God's sake, or if any tempted, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks there is something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone, without comparing themselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. You may be seated. Well, good morning. I was speaking with the elder or the seniors uh, last week, I think, and I shared with them a, an illustration that my wife had shared with me. Came out of a, our local, I think, one of our local newspapers, or and. I found it interesting, but also humorous. I know one of the things we do as believers and as Christians, we also wish for things. I'm amazed when I see young people and I talk with young people and many who buy lottery tickets. And at the beginning of the week when they buy it, they're already beginning to bargain with God what they will do with it when they win, as if somehow that's going to make it happen. But there's this story of these two seniors who just turned the age to receive their pension, and they were sitting together around the dining room table and talking and thinking and wishing. And the wife said, I wish that I could get a a new set of pots and pans, and poof, there was a new set of pots and pans on the dining room table. And the husband said, after seeing that, well, I wished I was married to a woman 30 years younger, and poof, he was 95. <laughs> well, we're in a series that we have been working on for several weeks now, and we're coming to the end. We're at the final three. I call them the Ten Commandments of the New Testament, the exhortations that the New Testament give us about one another. And we have made the theme, since I began here in December, that we would become the visible Jesus. That as a congregation, we would be so visibly connected together that when strangers came into our midst, they would see Jesus because of the way we behaved and the way we acted with one another. And I want to say to you that as your interim pastor, I am proud. I shouldn't say that because that's a sin. But I am encouraged to begin to see the development and the application of these one another's with each other. Because I'm preaching on them, I tend to keep my eyes open to see who's doing it. And I got to tell you that I am encouraged by the church, that you are beginning to make application. And we want to continue this morning with 
with our next exhortation. Maybe. Got to turn it on. I always have to turn technology on. It just, I wished you would turn on by yourself. Poof. <laughs> the next exhortation. We're going to carry on this morning with the another one another's in Galatians chapter 6 and various other passages of Scripture on bearing one another's burdens. Let me just read it again for you, and thank you, Jen, for, for the Scripture reading this morning, and thank you to our youth. Did, did you appreciate the worship from our youth this morning? Where are they? Good job. Good job. We are talented in this church. We are gifted with music in this church. And uh, from this morning's activities, I think we're going to be gifted for a while yet. And that's encouraging. But let me read uh, again our passage of Scripture, just a, a couple of verses. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. each one looking to himself so that you too will be tempted, for you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and therefore, and therefore fulfill the law of Christ. You can't read bear one another's burdens without reading the complete. By bearing one another's burdens, we fulfill the complete law of Jesus. That's how important this exhortation is. That it is our way of fulfilling what God has called us to do, fulfilling the law that he placed on our heart through his spirit, and bearing one, another burden, bearing one another's burdens, or in the New International Version, it says, carry one another's burdens. Same principle. And so we want to look at this exhortation this morning. We all have burdens. Some have physical handicaps, some have chronic illness and some abnormalities that they cannot change. I was, uh, I was kind of viewing YouTube, looking for some of, the, uh, some of these kind of abnormalities, and, and it has amazed me, if you, and if you ever look, up, look it up on YouTube and see the children that are born without arms or without legs, without arms and legs, and yet how fulfilling they've made their life. How fulfilling they are. And so we all have burdens. Some have spiritual burdens. It may be that Hurricane Satan has struck your life and a surge of sin has soaked your soul. And now you are suffering spiritual consequences. We know that many have emotional burdens like depression or anxiety or bipolar or heartache of some kind. A Chinese woman lost her dear son. The story is told of her. And she could not find comfort in any way. And she went to the wise old Chinese gentleman and asked, what can I do? His response was, go to a home that has no sorrow or Go to a home that has no sorrow or grief and bring back a mustard seed and I will restore your son. Several days and weeks went by and she returned and said, I have been so selfish in my grief. 
Sorrow is common to every home. Burdens are a part of our pathway of life. And so I want to speak this morning about three things about burdens. Number one, some burdens are meant to be, sh- are meant to be shared. Some burdens are meant to be shouldered. And some burdens are meant to be shed. Let's look at the first one. Some burdens are meant to be shared. The first two verses of our passage talks about the fact that often and many times in our life, in our Christian pathway, we will slip. We will make a mistake. We will do something that we know God wants us to do and we don't do it, or we'll do something that God doesn't want us to do and we will do it. And we fall into sin. And what often happens with the church, and I believe that the the ditches of the evangelical churches in Canada and North America in particular, the ditches are filled with wounded soldiers. They're filled with wounded Christians. Those who have made an error publicly, or secretly, and it became public, and the church has dealt with them in such a way that it just kind of casts them aside. And off they go into the ditch, the wilderness of evangelicalism. But our word says that that's not what it means to bear one another's burdens. When we see brothers and sisters, when we see those within our midst and believers falling away, getting caught and trapped. We're not to abandon them. We're not to shift them aside. We're to come alongside and try to carry them through the pathway. We're trying to carry them through the pathway so that they're not alone. Oh, I don't mean those who are choosing to live daily in sin, who are engulfed in sin and just refuse to deal with it. That's not who I'm speaking of. I'm speaking to those of us who get entrapped I'm speaking the words of the Apostle Paul when he says, I do the very thing I wished I did not do. The New New Testament church didn't cast Paul aside, but rather they began to lift him up. What stops us from doing that? We really see it in verse 2. Here's the thing that hinders us and what causes us perhaps to drift people aside or let them drift into the ditches. You who are spiritual, restore such, such a one in spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. We often come into this pathway in our lives where we think, ah, oh boy, I'm glad that's not me. And we get this, I'm one step better kind of feeling. And that in itself is a sin, and that means that you're slipping in to sin. But rather, when we see our brothers and sisters failing to be what God wants them to be, we talked a few weeks ago about admonishing, about going forth with them. Well, this is now, once you've gone forth with them, bear the burden with them. Don't cast them aside, don't don't shut them out, don't shun them, but rather walk with them through the pathway of their sorrow. I mean, I'm sure you've heard of this, I'm sure you've heard this joke because I think I've used it 
over 30 years in every church I've spoken at. A preacher once said to his congregation when he's talking along this theme and asked if anyone had ever heard of a perfect person. There was a gentleman in the back who said, I, I, I have, Pastor. I don't know him. I haven't met him, but I've heard about him. He's my wife's ex-husband. There are no perfect people. We are all sinners on the pilgrimage of our faith, and we're moving forward. Tragedy, sorrow, disappointment, depression, and grief will eventually visit every home. Sin will venture into every house, every relationship. And carrying one another's burdens means that we walk alongside. I found this in, in Ruth. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight. My Lord, you have comforted me and indeed have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. What is that really saying? What is, what is that saying in the scriptures? You need to understand the history of Ruth. She was an outcast. She was a foreigner in the land. She was not appreciated. She was expected when she went into that land to be ostracized and to have and to do without. But someone came into her life and comforted her. Someone understood what God's principle was. My question to you this morning, my brothers and sisters, in our congregation, who have you comforted last spiritually? Who have you walked alongside of and carried their burden with them? The reason I suggest that maybe we haven't done it is because it's a two-sided coin. The first side of the coin is vulnerability. Those of us who have fallen astray, those of us who have slipped, we need to be vulnerable with each other. You can't be carried if you haven't confessed. You can't be carried if you haven't spoken and become vulnerable with your brothers and sisters. This needs to be a safe place, folks. This needs to be a place of safety where we can bear our realities to one another and we can begin to carry those realities together. Because when the world comes in these doors and sees that, they see Jesus. They see Jesus in action. And they want to be part of that. Who have you comforted recently and who has comforted you? The other side of the coin is when somebody bears their burden to you, will you walk with them? Will you comfort them? Will you wrap your arms spiritually around them and say, we will do this together? We are blessed in our church with a number of life groups. I hope and pray that there's vulnerability happening in those life groups. That people are becoming vulnerable with each other. And in doing so, they begin to lift and carry each other through the tragedies, through the sorrows, through the spiritual dysfunctions that have captured them. If that is not happening in your life group, start to make it happen. Because that is the first step 
Some burdens are meant to be carried by others alongside of you. 1 Corinthians 1.4 says this, Who comforts us in our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with, you know that word? With the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. Do you understand that God allows you to go through some trials in your life and some issues in your life and as you work through it, and as he leads you through it, and others comfort you, you become a comforter to others. Let's not get discouraged when we're walking the path of grief or walking the path of discomfort, because as God is healing us, he is preparing us to walk with another in the same circumstance. One of the great preachers of of, of the Baptist church in Dallas told in one of his books about a lady in his church who had a baby stillborn. He tried and tried but could not comfort the woman. Hours and hours of counseling didn't do it. But then he remembered another lady in the church who had been through it before. He enlisted her help. And she did more in five minutes, he said, than I did in five counseling sessions. God had walked with her through it, and now she became an instrument to walk others through it. Your grief, your issues, may be a tool that God is going to use for you to carry someone else's burden. Those of you who are are walking through the pages of cancer, those of you who are walking through the pages of illness, those of you who are walking through the pages of depression or anxiety, You are the best counselors. You are the best counselors to those who are walking the same road. If we are going to be a church of Jesus Christ, let's be vulnerable. Let's be honest. Let's be open. Let's not fear what's happening to us and know that God is going to use us to help someone else. Can I hear an amen? Can we get a little black? The second, some burdens are meant to be shouldered alone. Consequences from personal sin. We live in a day and time in which people want to sin and ignore the fact that there are consequences. The attitude today, it's it's not my fault, it's your fault. It's the way my parents raised me. It's the way my father rejected me. It's the way I was abandoned. It's always somebody else's fault. I'm not minimizing the fact of how a past can sometimes affect your future. I know that. I know that. And I tried to blame that past of mine on certain things that happened in my life. And as I studied this week, I had to confess before God, I said it had nothing to do with my past. It was a choice I made. And I will carry burdens with that. 
and that's okay. I will carry that, I will shoulder that. Because I'm responsible for it being there. I will not let it let me down. I will not let it detour my faith. I will not let it detour the work that God is calling me to do. But I will carry it because of decisions that I have made in my life. Those are burdens that we must carry and shoulder ourselves. And again, when we shoulder them, we can come alongside somebody else who has a similar burden and is having struggle shouldering it. We can show them that Jesus Christ will hold you up and that you will not be held accountable in heaven for whatever that dysfunction or that sin is because Jesus died for you and Jesus forgave you and in heaven it is washed away and you are set free but you may walk the rest of your life shouldering that burden is that God punishing you no not at all but he's calling you to carry it. The Apostle Paul said three times, three times, Lord, take this burden away from me. Three times. But God didn't take it away. It was a burden that Paul, and I have no, there is all kinds of talk about what that is. He was gay. He was married. He was divorced. He was a child abuser. There is all kinds of things. There's nothing in my holy word that says what it is. But Paul said, I have it, but thanks be to Jesus, I can carry it. Maybe it was because over the years in his earlier life, he had killed Christians. I don't know. But there are some burdens that we carry together. We're in a mess today, I read one, where, one place this week, as we don't take personal responsibility for the choices we make. We try to think that it's all somebody else's fault. In the newspaper in St. Louis, I have lots of newspapers up there if you want to read them. It, it, the newspaper reported in a story that killers became killers for two reasons. One, they had a difficult delivery at birth. They were rejected by their mother. Those are the two main reasons. The article went on to say that if, you, if forceps were used on you when you were born, you have a higher likelihood to kill people today. Can you imagine? This is what our newspapers are reporting. They're just feeding into the philosophy, it's not my problem, it's because of somebody else I'm this way. No, you are this way because it's your choice to make. And you make the choice. And while we're in that, it wasn't me, it was them, then we're carrying this burden on our shoulders. Because it wasn't them, it was you. And it, that burden that you carry on your shoulders will only get lifted when you take responsibility that it was you and not circumstances around you. And when you do that, that boulder comes off your shoulders. That boulder comes off your shoulders. 
We're, in North America, world famous for passing the buck. It started a long time ago in the garden, remember? Remember the garden? It was always somebody else's fault. Adam said to God, it was that woman you gave me. Eve said it was that snake. It wasn't. It was Adam and it was Eve. And so we need to recognize that if you're a believer and you have sinned and you're blaming somebody else for that sin, it's difficult for God to relieve you from that burden. But when you come to that place, because you know one day, folks, we will all get there. Oh, I've gone past the name game. One day we will stand. We will stand one day before the great judge. And whoever we blame for it will not stand with us. We will stand alone. And we will stand before Jesus. And we will know whether our, life, our, our, our name is written in the book of life. And if it's written in the book of life, the burden was relieved a long time ago because you are set free by the blood of Christ. We will not be able to go to heaven and blame somebody for our burden. For we will stand alone before God. The apostle said, I do the very thing I wished I did not do, but it didn't end there. Thanks be to Jesus. Thanks be to Jesus that I am free. I want to say here, I can't go without saying, if you are in this church today and you don't know for absolute sure that you are redeemed, that you are set free from the sin in your life, then I beseech you in the name of God to speak to me. I beseech you to come to the throne room and be set free so that you won't have to stand there with excuses. You won't have to try to figure out who you're going to blame because your name will be in the book of life and Jesus will have answered for you. Jesus will have answered for you. But some burdens we need to bear until we take responsibility that it was us, that it was me. Third, some burdens are meant to be shed. Matthew, or Psalm 55, 20, new, cast your burdens upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Jesus is our greatest bearer, burden barrier, bearer. That's a tough one. Sometimes we cling to a burden and try to carry it ourselves. We can be deceived into thinking God wants us to carry something by ourselves if we were somehow deserving, we are somehow serving God by doing so. 
but some burdens and many burdens he wants to carry for us if we'll just let him. He wants to take the burden. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon your shoulders and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. You will find rest for your souls. If you're carrying a burden and you're just not bringing it to the cross, then bring it to the cross and let him lift it off of you and you will find rest for your souls. Underline that in your Bible. Memorize that in your heart. Because that's the truth of this holy word. This is what God speaks. And so I say to you, are you coming or are you wanting to carry are you willing to let it go and God will take it or do you want to carry it? When it's more than you can bear, you don't think you can take it another step, then lay it down. We sometimes feel we can make it ourselves, but you know we can't. I have witnessed in my pastoral ministry. I've seen people who have a health problem and they pray and take it to the Lord and it goes away. I'm not saying that's for everybody. But for the, for the health that doesn't go away, the sickness that's there that doesn't go away, what does go away is the insecurity and the, the fear and the things that are dwelling inside of you. They disappear. Maybe the sickness stays. Maybe the cancer stays. But inside, Jesus has lifted the fear. Jesus has lifted the unknown. Jesus has lifted the insecurities that you have when you pray and lay it at his throne. I recall an elder of our church in Osler, wonderful man. He loved Raukuchen. Anybody know what Raukuchen is? If you're not Mennonite, you won't know. When you get to heaven, there's so many Mennonites in heaven, I'm sure they're going to cook it for you. Raukuchen is kind of like, a, like a, um, an Indian kind of bun kind of thing, and watermelon. That's it. It's, it's, it's biscuit with some jam and watermelon. It's Raukuchen. He loved it. Every time we go over to the place on Sunday, I'd say to my wife, well, I guess we're going to get Raukuchen today. Wonderful man. I was speaking on vulnerability in the church, and he stood up in our church, and he said, I have been diagnosed with a lump on my kidney or one of his organs. And he sat down. I carried on that week. A couple of weeks later, I was preaching, and his name came to my mind at the pulpit. And if you get to know me long enough, you'll know that I respond to those things. And I just said, Bob, you need to come forward this morning. And Bob came forward, him and his wife. And I prayed for him. And I said, dear Lord, take away whatever burden and fear that is existing in this family. 
If it be your will, take away his illness. Do whatever you need to do, but bring peace and tranquility into his heart. Three weeks later, he came back from his doctor, and his doctor told him, I don't know where it went. I don't know what happened. But it's not there anymore. I want to tell you, my friends, if we could just understand that God wants to bring healing to our church, to our people. It may not be physically healing all the time, but it is healing. It is healing in their lives. And that's what it means that you need to let some things go into God's hands and shed it. We as elders have been doing some things that at the church that I know that they're, they're experiencing some, some joy with. We are actually getting people calling your elders of this church now, would you come and pray for me and anoint me with oil? They're calling and asking. Why? Because there's a sense that God is alive here and God wants to fulfill his holy word and his holy word says, those of you who are sick, call the elders. We haven't been running out looking for them. They're calling us. And we're responding. And I believe God is doing things. He shall sustain ye, Psalm 52 says. Cast your burden upon him. And if you continue to read, he shall sustain you. You know, there's a story of a man walking down the road, a farmer in the days gone by, with a big sack of potatoes on his shoulders. So heavy that his brow was sweat and his shirt was stained with sweat. Somebody in a pickup pulled up to him and offered him a ride. He climbed in but kept the sack on his shoulders. He took the ride, but he kept the sack on his shoulders. After a while, the driver looked over and said, man, put that sack on the floor and relax. He replied, no, sir, I'll not do it. It's enough that you carry me to town. I'm not going to ask you to carry these taters. <laughs> and that's how we are with God often. We come to his presence, but we carry the sack of taters with us. And we're happy to be in his kingdom, and we're happy to be, to be part of the church, but we still got the taters on our shoulders. And God is saying, man, put those taters down. And we say, no, I'm so grateful to be in your kingdom. I'll just carry on. What a mistake. What a mistake. Come to the altar today and cast your burden on the Lord. We're going to go into the Lord's Supper now. And there's no better time. There is no better time. To cast your burden than with the Lord's Supper. I'm going to ask those who are participating to come forward this morning.